what's up everybody welcome to episode 40 of the whiskey sessions this is a mats i'm here with b pimp b pimp how's everything going with you it's going great i'm drinking hop squishy today hop my squishy. beer hmm. it's got a it's pipeworks and it's got a really cool can that's black with like a big pink cloud of liquid on it it looks pretty sweet big pink cloud of liquid on it but not in it right it doesn't taste like a big pink cloud of liquid, like cotton candy beer or anything, but it looks like that. Interesting. So do you recommend it? Yes, very much so. Okay. It's quite good. I'm going to give it a try if I next time I'm in Chicago, hopefully. Which I have yet to figure out exactly when that's going to be. I'm kind of hoping for Labor Day or something like that. Maybe get you a nice get, like long weekend in there. Just let me know. we got to meet up and have a beer somewhere. Oh, hell yeah. And a hop squishy, maybe it should be. And some Apex Predator. Oh, God. Yeah, I need to get some off-color for sure while I'm there. So, did you catch the NBA Finals, the sweep? With his LeBron and his broken hand. Yeah, I kind of wonder about that. Wait, so what where, What are they saying? That they broke it in... It was broken in game one. After the game, he was so mad that he punched a whiteboard. And then it broke. And then he had a cast. Or he had like something on it when he was not in public eye. And they played through it for three games. I mean, yeah, that I will say this: it, it it would explain why in game one he was shooting threes, and I feel like the rest of the series he did not really take actual shots. He just kind of drove and took you know bunny shots. Yeah, it made it possible. I mean, either way, it's a bummer for me because I'm sick of the same old, same old. Just. I wanted the Rockets to win so bad. Yeah. I didn't even want to watch the Rockets, uh, but something did have to change. Maybe, I don't know. I, I can't say that I really wanted the Celtics to win either because their team was so decimated. I wanted the Pacers. That would have been interesting. Uh, there were a lot of teams in the playoffs that I like. I like the Pelicans. I like the Blazers just got crushed by the Pelicans in the first round. I didn't see that coming. Well, they had playoff Rondo at his full power, so... Yeah, so that would have been cool. Uh, some of the teams in the East... I don't know what happened to the Raptors. Like, they're just in their own head. And then the coach got fired, even though he was the coach of the year. It's <laughs> the second time that that's happened in the last, like, what, five or six years? Yeah, who was the other one? David Blatt? No, um... One of George Carl's seasons with the Nuggets... Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, being the coach of the year is not a guarantee that you're going to keep your job, apparently. He wasn't even the coach of the year anyway. It was Brad Stevens, if we're being honest. But Yeah, that's a good point. I'll say this, though. I was correct. You rewind the tape. I'm not sure where you find that episode. I was correct in at least predicting the two finals teams. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I was wrong. Yeah. The Sixers didn't get close enough this year for me. No. They'll be good, though, real soon. What's your early prediction for two things? Where's LeBron James going to be playing next year, and who are your finals teams for next year? LeBron James is going to go join Chris Paul and James Harden on the Houston Rockets, mm -hmm. and it will be the Rockets and Sixers in the finals, and the Sixers will beat them. Whoa. Could you imagine, though, if LeBron James, say he goes to the finals for the ninth straight time, Incredible feat, but only wins three of them? I don't hold it against him. Yeah. 
No, I don't either. And somebody brought up a good point when they're doing the LeBron-Jordan comparison, and I'm not going to say, you know, whatever about that argument. But Michael Jordan was swept out of the first round twice. Before Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Yeah. And, you know, they had a lot of struggles through the playoffs. They did not have struggles in the finals. That's true. He was 6-for-6 on that front. But, you know, people act like Jordan won every championship he was ever a part of. No, the Knicks gave him fits in the conference finals. Those were as close to toss-up series as you can get because Patrick Ewing just eviscerated the Bulls. They had no answer for him. Right. So, I mean, it's... And the Pacers, too, with Reggie Miller. They They were always rough series, and then they would make it through. I feel like they treated those like their finals, and then by the time they got to the real finals, they were just like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, just watching watching the Cavs this year was... They were so obviously much, much worse than the Warriors. And even being here in Oakland, and it's great that the Warriors won, but I, I kind of wish it wasn't a sweep. Yeah, it's just not as entertaining. And... No. But, you know... That's what happens when you have a super team. Yeah. All right, well, here's to next year. LeBron on the Rockets and a Rockets-Sixers final. Something a it's little gonna different. Be, it's going to be great. I'm, t- I'm telling you it's going to happen. And I'm, and then we're going to get this little clip and play it, and I'm going to just laugh all the way to the bank. Yeah, I, I, I think it totally happened. I think we could have an Eastern Conference Finals, and we haven't had a, too many good... Eastern Conference teams in recent years, but I think an Eastern Conference Finals next year between a healthy Celtics and the 76ers could be a kick-ass series. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Because if you think about it, with how good the Celtics looked, they didn't have Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward, who are two like game-changing players. That, that team will be amazing. That just shows how good the Sixers will be, but anyway. Yeah. I and I really hope nothing is like fundamentally wrong with Markel Fultz. Like I hope he's good. That would make me sad he, if he wasn't. Yeah, he seems just to be. He, it was like a lost year. He just, you know, from the start it was weird. There was all that stuff coming out about like he changed his shooting motion and yeah, he got then he got hurt and he's probably just compensating for the injury. You know, honestly, so. Who knows? I hope he just can hit the reset button and he has a good career. Yeah, that would really help them because Ben Simmons is the truth and Joel Embiid is a monster. Yeah, no, they're going to be good. And Sarich, I like Sarich too. They have a really good collection of players. No, they really do. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I think we'll have some good, hopefully more competitive finals coming up. And then, of course, when Laurie Markkinen, you know, fully blossoms into the Finnish assassin that he will be, um, the Bulls will be in that conversation also. I think so, too. I think the Bulls are pretty much a shoe in for the third seed this upcoming year. Uh, but I don't know that they have what it takes to make the Eastern Conference Finals just yet. But I think they're, they're definitely a finals team in 2020. I like it. I'm going with this. Yeah, I like it, too. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of Chicago and the Bulls, what we're talking about for this episode is our top five Chicagoland buildings, structures, whatever you like there. I actually wrote Chicagoland buildings. I realize all of mine are actually in the city of Chicago. What about yours? 
I think mine are, I have to determine if one of these is going to be, yes, mine are as well. I have an honorable mention that is not, but. Ah, okay, perfect. All right, so that's going to be our top five, but before we get to that, I have a whiskey to try, and the whiskey for this episode is Jack Daniels' original recipe, Tennessee Honey. So I, I saw this on the store shelves, I said, yeah, give me that weird flavored whiskey, let's see how it is. It's 35% alcohol by volume, so just 70 proof. And I've got it on the rocks here. So we're going to see how it tastes. We got to cue the Chris Stapleton. Mm hmm. Whoa. That I have is... an opinion on this that I'm withholding until you're done. <laughs> that is not subtle. I. It's. It's like a, a Honey Nut Cheerios B died in it. It is. I gotta say, I did not, even though I knew it was Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey, I did not come in thinking they were going to throw in that much honey taste. I still feel like I have like honey syrup on my tongue right now. So what's the verdict on this one? The verdict is I'm giving it the boot. Thank you. But <laughs> it's interesting, but I do not like it. I'm going to say, okay, interesting is a word you could use to describe it. Another one I'm going to, I'm going to um, bring up is terrible. Terrible is a good way to describe it. Interestingly terrible. It's just like they hit a button and said, we need honey. <laughs> and then <laughs> let's let's put like 80% honey and 20% like not as good whiskey. Yeah. Let's well, go with that. I don't, okay, so if Jack Daniels is normally, I would say it's probably normally 80 or 90 proof, right? And this is 70 proof. It is 20 proof straight honey. Yep, they that, just got a big fat of it. Yeah, it's 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 lingering in a bad way too. It's it is a safe boot. This is probably the bootiest of the boot. Well, no. I always forget about Southern Comfort, but Right, that was terrible too. I I, I won't say it's this I, I can't remember if I've had a worse one. I think I have had a worse one. I just can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But this one is like safely. This is a steel-toed boot. Like I really want to give it the boot. I think we should um, send Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey the quote for the back of the bottle. I can't remember if I've had a worse whiskey. <laughs> I do. I like that. Yeah. I can't remember if I've had a worse one, but I'm willing to say this is safely in that conversation. That's the full <laughs> quote. Oh, that's going to be coming off the shelf like hot honey cakes. Yeah, they got plenty of room on this bottle to fit a quote like that, I will say. Like, that quote is more important than, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects, right? Yeah, because you're telling everyone not to drink it, not just pregnant women. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why pregnant women should be so lucky as to not drink this crap. It's just, it's puzzlingly bad to me. Like, I, I remember trying it, and, and I think somebody, I don't know why I'm worried about it, nobody listens to this, but um, the person who gave me it might know what I'm talking about. I think someone offered it to me, and I said, oh, yeah, like, because I was offended, or I didn't want to offend them mm -hmm. by, like, saying, spitting it out like a spit take, but it's not good. Like, no. I, it's almost not even whiskey. I would say, yeah, the, I think that's the number one thing about it. It's a whiskey for people who hate whiskey. You're killing it with the marketing for this. This, this is just what should be on the bottle. I th I, there's a fair amount of people out there that do not like whiskey. They could just market it specifically for that. Do you like to have tea with a bit of honey? Well, here's the only use for this product <laughs> is that. Yeah. 
Now, I think you could give this, you know, this would be good for is for like babies that are teething. That's true. I think that that might be useful. So here's what they do. I'm going to add in my marketing expertise. They change the bottle to look like a baby bottle and then they put it in a diaper and that's I, how they sell it. Perfect. We have tons of ideas for Jack Daniels. I've, I, I'm expecting a full sponsorship. Yeah. And I do not want that sponsorship to include free product like this. If it's if they try to give us free Tennessee honey, I will quit. Yeah, immediately. All right, so that's uh, that is a safe boot. If you see Jack Daniels' original recipe, Tennessee honey, on your store shelf, you just leave it there. Okay, we are going to talk about for our top five Chicagoland buildings. I don't think I have a whole lot more to say about it other than. Chicago has some kick-ass architecture, and everybody knows it. It's it's known for it. You know uh, that'll that comment will make it even more offensive when I read off my list because I'm somewhat of a building ignoramus. I would that's how I would put it. So I asked Lisa for help and came up with ones that I think are okay, but I don't really know what I'm talking about. So I think it'll be fun. I'm sure your list is good. Mine is not, mine's all over the place. But I will say, if you are visiting Chicago, take the Chicago River architecture tour. It's going to take you through, you're going to see basically all of downtown Chicago's buildings from a sweet boat ride. So go ahead and do that. But let's get into it. These are our top five Chicagoland buildings. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? Number five for me is going to be Marina City, Ooh. which are those two towers that I think might be, like, living space. I think so. Yeah, What you know what I like about those buildings is, like, the first ten floors or something are parking structure, I think. Oh, really? And it, it, it's, it's closed off, or it's not closed off, so you can kind of see the backs or the fronts of all of these cars. And to me, they always look like they're going to just like drive off the building. Oh yeah, that's right. Now that you say that, I have a subdued memory of a bunch of license plates. Yeah, it's it's very, it's kind of odd. And it goes like pretty high up. I just think, not that Chicago would have a major earthquake, but I could imagine like that building shaking and all of the cars just flying off around it. It'd be like a scene from a Transformers movie. Exactly. Oh my god, I saw a preview for another Transformers movie called Bumblebee. Yeah, I saw that too, and then I sat there for five minutes and decide and tried to decide if like that's really what it was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I thought maybe that was a joke. I can't believe they're still doing that. Oh, you know what though? Another idea. Guess who needs to get in on sponsoring that movie? Tennessee Honey. Yeah. All right. My number five is the Field Museum. And I had a tough time picking between the Field Museum and the Museum of Science and Industry. I kind of, as a museum itself, I like the Museum of Science and Industry a little better. And the building is, I think, bigger. Maybe not. Uh, but the Field Museum is just, I feel like, just a Chicago classic building. It's, yeah, I agree. It's intended to look about 2,000 years older than it is, but it's the columns are nice. It's 
I feel like it, it really ties together that whole museum area. So that's why it's my number five. It ties the room together like a nice rug. Exactly. It's the rug of Chicago. All right, what is your number four? My number four, as much as it pains me, is Wrigley Field. Uh-oh. Double dip. Double dip. 44, Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a classic Major League Baseball stadium. It is interesting looking the inside has some quirky ground rules that make it unique um the whole they redid the whole outside of it like there's like a basically a concourse outside with a bunch of cubs stuff and a brick walkway and they're putting in they're really sprucing it up over there i really don't like wrigleyville it, it's one of the last places i'd ever want to be but do you agree with that oh it's the worst place on the planet it's pretty terrible. I wish I didn't play so many shows in that area. Otherwise, I would never go there. Yeah, and like that tells that shows how much I like your music because I never thought about. I'm not gonna go because it's in Wrigleyville, but it's not a great place. It's just hard to do everything, and there's a lot of like confusingly angry drunk people there. Um, people are so angry there. Yeah, I don't understand it. It just seems like. It seems like one step before, like, that area gets wiped off the face of the planet. It's just yeah. devolving. No, Wrigley's but the stadium's kind of nice. <laughs> it really is. It's worthy of number four for sure. I haven't seen kind of what, like, the new concourse area looks like. Though I'm surprised they're, like, just... They're just getting around to sprucing it up now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, it used to... My old memory of it is just kind of, like, chain link fences and dated being dated and uh somewhere i don't want to be and at least now if you walk through that little outer part of Wrigley of Wrigley field it looks nice enough to yeah you know this is okay i'm probably not going to go back there but it's it's makes it a little bit more pleasant i think yeah and a good place to catch the game i do like there that Wrigley field itself has some seats that are terrible like you would never see them in a sports arena now like, if you sit in the last row of the first deck, the second deck comes down so low, you can't see, like, any part of a pop-up above 20 feet. Yeah, that's insane. And also, when you're in that second deck, if you're up at the top of that, it's really... It's just so angled and, like, uncomfortable. It's it's strange. Yeah. But very cool building. I'm glad it's still there. You survived, Wrigley Field. Congrats. <laughs> All right, so that was my number four. What is your number three? Um, I'm going to call an audible because you reminded me of this and just included as my number three, the Adler Planetarium. Oh, nice. You know what's weird? When I was talking about that area, I thought, like, ah, that's a cool building too. But I left it off my list. Tell me what you like about the Adler Planetarium. It, I really like it because it is off on that little island. Kind, mm-hmm. Or not island, but uh, what would that be? A peninsula. Um of land that goes out into the lake and it's, it's isolated. You have to, um, am I, am I thinking of the right one? Yeah, you are. I think that it's the furthest one out. Shed Aquarium's also over there, but it's more inland. Oh yeah. Okay. Now I'm forgetting. Which one is which? Either way, I'm just going to do this whole thing. And if I'm wrong, then you could, I'll just edit in me saying the other one. Yeah. (laughs) We'll (laughs) we'll have a post edit of, my number three is Shed Aquarium. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get Ving Rhames to do it, apparently. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so whatever. Uh, I mean, yes, it's out on the island. It looks cool. I like going there. It has interesting stuff. And if you're standing around it, you can see a cool view of like the shoreline. So it's a great building. It is. I like. <laughs> I had to think about like Marina Towers a little bit. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm putting together this list without like remembering anything. That's pretty much exactly what it felt like for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, have I been to the city of Chicago before? I'm pretty sure. I think DePaul is like a mirrored universe that just exists there and it's not really in Chicago. Yeah. All right. My number three is Merchandise Mart. And I think what I like about Merchandise Mart, how it butts up against the river, which I've done a couple of those, like, we've rented like little boats to take along the river before so that's really fun to like boat right on by merchandise mart because it is such a large building it goes on seemingly forever and it's all of the same style i don't know like what the square footage of the building is but it's ridiculous and it's just cool it just feels like it kind of makes up that border between the chicago river and the kind of river north area I like um, the, whenever I heard Merchandise Mart on the train, it always made me think of like a flea market or something. And I was like, why is there this <laughs> Why is there this stop in the middle of the L that's like a little uh, swap-a-rama? I don't get it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand what you're saying there. And the weird thing about like the L stop and how it relates to the building is I always found it, like I would sometimes get on the L there and get off the L at Merchandise Mart and try to make my way to the street. And for some reason, getting from the L station down to the street level at Merchandise Mart is like a maze of escalators and secret entrances that they made that so difficult to get off the train there. Yeah, like I do like little quirky stuff, you know, in Chicago like that though. Yeah. Because it's this huge city, but you can still find weird little areas. I feel like I've gotten trapped in Merchandise Mart four or five times. <laughs> and not know just, how to get out. <laughs> I wanted to buy trinkets. Why Why is there no one selling trinkets at a table? Yeah, but that might be purposeful. It's hard to figure out how to get out of there, so you just have to buy stuff. And then yeah, ask, exactly. ask the person at the cash register how you escaped the building. <laughs> Way to go, Merchandise Mart, trapping your customers. All right, what is your number two? My number two is the Sears Tower. Ooh, good pick. I'm not going to call it the Willis Tower because I'm one of those people. Yeah, um, no. And I also, I also very much um, lament the demise of traditional department stores and shopping malls. Mm-hmm. So it has an extra layer of meaning to me, of pointless meaning to me, to call it the Sears Tower. Uh so that's my little spiel about that. But I mean, it, I put it number two for a reason because I don't really care about it. I know it's like the iconic building or whatever, but eh, it doesn't do anything for me. So I feel like I have to put it on the list because if I don't, then it's pointless to make it. But yeah, you're number two. My number two is the Wrigley Building. So if I don't think everybody recalls which one the Wrigley Building is. And I don't know if that's the official name anymore or if it has something else, because I think it's I think it's probably traded hands a couple of times. But it's the building that is right on the north side of the Chicago River on Michigan. 
but on the west side of Michigan. So a lot of people like along Michigan, they like the water tower. They like the um, the Tribune building, and that's well known. But my personal favorite is the Wrigley building. It kind of stands alone, uh, and it has a nice like little courtyard in there. I always thought it was just like the quintessential like classic Chicago building. I know uh, I could picture it in my head, so that's a positive thing. I don't have. I do like it though. I just don't have too much to say about it because I don't know a lot about architecture. Yeah, I don't really either. I feel like I should. I feel like architecture and urban planning are pretty close, but I I just I, I'm just going by what I see. I'm not going to yeah. tell you too much about it. I'm not even really sure when it was built. Probably, if I had to guess, it was probably built between 1900 and 1920. That's with a lot of those buildings. But let me see. Let me look it up real quick. Wrigley Building. My extent of knowledge on these is like, oh, that's a cool looking building. Yeah, no, same. And that's all I'm going by. Wrigley Building was built in 1920. So you nailed it. Very end of that window I gave, but yeah, it's a cool building, and I do love how all those buildings along there are are angled with the movement of the river, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I like it. I like the I like that whole area, the way the vibe of it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. nifty. I think. Um, speaking of nifty, my number one, right? That's what we're on. We are on your number one. The Museum of Science and Industry. Nice, good pick. I love the I love that museum. Um, I like where it's located. I like driving when you're driving on Lakeshore Drive. You can see it, and they always have those big banners up. Um, This is the right museum, right? This is another planetarium, shed aquarium (laughs) thing. Yeah, this no, no, the the, okay, (laughs) that's the one that's like south in Hyde Park. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, you're going south of Lakeshore Drive, heading back to Lansing, as I was wont to do, and bam, you get to see the Museum of Science and Industry. I like the design of the building also, mm-hmm. with the col- with the columns on either side, those huge banners. Um, it's really a nice place. I haven't been there in a long time to like go into the museum, but I remember liking it as a wee tot, so yeah. and it's, good memories. It feels like a real destination, too. It has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, like, you gotta see this. Yeah. This is Chicago, baby. No, that is a worldly number one. And now, now that you mention it, the fact that I left it off my list completely, I, I feel ashamed of. You feel deep shame. Deep, deep shame. But my number one is the Sears Tower. Again, not gonna call it Willis Tower. And I understand what you're saying with, maybe it doesn't do a whole lot for you. But it is so iconic, and I do like... It took me a while to get used to, because... Growing up, even though I came to Chicago a lot, I kind of hated Chicago in a certain way because of the Bulls, mostly. Understandable. And I used to argue with my cousin that the Space Needle (laughs) was taller than the Sears Tower. I remember these conversations as like a five-year-old, which is an absurd statement. I think the Sears Tower is like two and a half Space Needles. That's amazing. You're just like, <laughs> I don't care. I yeah. probably know this is not true, but I, damn it, it's taller. Mm-hmm. But no, the Sears Tower is humongous. And I, I just remember walking by it as like a five or six year old going to somewhere. I don't remember. But looking up and not being able to see the top. I mean, I think I was right next to it. 
But I also just like how it's, if you take a look at the Sears Tower, it's almost like it's kind of like nine uh, small buildings. Uh, I'm not going to say this right. It's almost like uh, as it gets taller, there are, it almost sheds one of its nine buildings around the top until it's, I think, just like two of the nine at the top. There's no way anything I'm saying right now makes any sense. Are you talking about, like, when it's lower, there's different, uh, like, Tears. Uh, jut parts jutting out? Yeah, and essentially okay. there's nine in total. Yeah, that is cool. It's like a circular path to the top. Yeah, and the other thing is it's huge, and it's just menacing. Which, I don't, I don't mind that it's that menacing. And now when I see buildings that are, like, really light-colored, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. But I also have, um, real quick, I do have a very vivid memory of sometime in college, I don't remember why this was happening or why I was there, but I was walking home after we were, had been out drinking somewhere, mm-hmm. and somewhere in the city, and I was trying to get to the L to get back, and I took some weird way, I just like went on a little adventure, and I was walking over this overpass over the expressway, um, and it was close enough where like the Sears Tower was just like what I felt in my presence, I was close enough to like the middle of downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, and then looking back just like, it's, it is so, it's such a gigantic monstrosity of a building. And it, it does kind of give those, those buildings give the city a different feel and make it memorable. And I do have like a vivid memory of that, even though it was like 10 or possibly 14 years ago or something like that. So do you have any honorable mentions or dishonorable mentions? I have one honorable mention. It is a suburban building that I told Lisa I was going to put on the list, and she mocked me. Um, Medieval Times. Of course. Why would that not go on the list? It's great. It's you. You know, it's another thing. I I tend to notice things while I'm driving on the expressway because there's really nothing else to do but like mm-hmm. look at what's in the distance. So, well, I guess pay attention to driving. But on top of that, nah. um, so Medieval Times, you pass it on the expressway. It's like, oh, what's going on in that place? That's got to be a thing. Yeah. So I just had to include it. I think that's reasonable. I've got... I like the John Hancock building. Um, the Civic Opera House is kind of cool, and I used to look at that like every day from my old job. The Baha'i Temple uh, up in northern suburbs. I kind of forget which one. Dwight Schrute is Baha'i, and he went there. Oh, interesting. Museum of Science and Industry. Sad I left that off my list. And the Adler Planetarium. I wanted to give a shout-out to a building that was never built. But I thought would have been really kind of neat, although maybe it wouldn't have been. I don't know. But it's the Chicago Spire. Do you remember hearing about that? Very vaguely, like I remember the name. Yeah, so it, it was all the rage, I feel like, some time between like 2003 and maybe 2007. And they, I think 2007, it looked like it was going to be built. They even dug the hole for it. And then they just didn't. I think they ran out of money or it was sold. And it, it it's never going to be built. But it was just like a gigantic spire right on the lakefront. And then that would have been pretty cool. It would have been interesting. I wanted to give quick dishonorable mentions to the Trump Tower, which is ugly. Just like the name it comes from. And Soldier Field. You don't like the spaceship? No. I don't understand why they went with that. You don't understand why they put, like, a stadium on top of an existing stadium? <laughs> yes, what? It's so ugly. 
It's very weird. And especially yeah. with how prominent it is on the shoreline. And in that it's in that same area with the Adler Planetarium, the Field Museum, the Shedd Aquarium, all these cool buildings, old school, classic, like classical looking buildings, that they like put this like spaceship mess around what could have been a cool building. Totally ruined it. Yeah, they blew that. Oh well. If you have a favorite Chicago or Chicagoland building that you think we missed, go ahead and email us uh, or uh, send us a quick Twitter message. Our Twitter is at Whiskey Sessions. And our email is at Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com. Hit us up there. And we're going to take a second now to go through your emails. So let's get to it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right. So the first email we have is from Drax in Cape Canaveral, Florida. It says, Hey, Whiskey Dudes, in your board games episode, you failed to mention not only Operation, but Hungry Hungry Hippos. They're so hungry to be on this list. We did forget Hungry Hungry Hippos. I, I don't really that like game. that game. I didn't forget it. You didn't like that game? No. Is it too much, like, just frenetic action? I just remember it being... Isn't it noisy? Extremely noisy, because you're basically punching a piece of plastic repeatedly. Yeah, I don't like it. Alright, fair it enough. Me, it makes me stressed out. It It is a stressful game. And some of those, like... I guess when I'm thinking a board game, I don't think I really want to be in a position to be stressed out. No, I want to be relaxed and, and upset about my fake tornado ravaged house, like <laughs> exactly. the game of life. Exactly. All right, what do you got in the old email inbox? Okay, we got an email from. Oh, I won't say that until the end. So it reads Hey, dudes, longtime listener, first time caller. What's up with the hate for Wheel of Fortune? Okay, so Pat Sajak is inarguably one bad die job and scandal away from being Trump. For sure. But you can't deny Vanna's star power. You said that the Family Feud bonus round has some of the best fails. Well, I'm throwing my hat in the ring to argue the same about Wheel. When people mess up, they mess up dang good. Like, for example, sweet and innocent Hector shouting, Fish love! with the confidence of a thousand armies. <laughs> I would also like to give an honorable mention to Lingo hosted by Chuck Woolery. Keep up the great P-casting. Sincerely, K-Pimp, sister of B-Pimp. And yes, this is my sister, and we are both weird. Nice. I, so... It, it, that's a good argument for Wheel of Fortune. I still wouldn't have it on my list, but I can see where she's coming from. Lingo, I've not even heard of. Lingo was good, but if you're going to start getting into Chuck Woolery, you got to go with Love Connection. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, I think we said this on another episode, but we should do an episode that's just TV dating shows. Because there have been so many. Yeah, I looked up that one you were trying to think of with uh, that the game was on. And I found it, and now I forget again. It was like... Change of heart. Change of heart, yes. Yeah. And then they had those little boards where they would say, like, mm-hmm. if they were going to stay or go. Yeah, that was a ridiculous show. That show is just, like, heart-wrenching. Yeah. Like, you feel for the person who wants to stay together, and then a partner says, change of heart, and it's just such an embarrassing and, like, heartbreaking moment. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it's like, all at once. You just, oof. At least on, like, the other shows, like, Maury Povich, when they say you're not the father or whatever, they make a big, like, carnival out of it. Yeah. So, you feel, like, a little bit 
like it's okay to laugh at this, but on that show it's just like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're done. But yeah. Speaking of being done, I think we are wrapping up this episode. So if you have an email that you want to send us, go ahead and send it to whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and we will read it on a future episode. But that does it for this episode. Be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners with? In honor of Chuck Woolery, we'll be back in two and two. Two and two. So four? Or two minutes and two seconds. Oh, maybe that's it. I think he's trying to hide what a four-minute commercial is. (laughs) It worked on me. Uh, Well, all right. Chuck Woolery is the scam artist. We'll catch you next time. This is Abe Metz. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.